What's going on, man? Welcome back to the basement, Amron. It's Wednesday, which means we're going to go over our top five must-buy and sell trade targets for week 10 of the fantasy football season. I'll also ask you guys, when is your trade deadline? Like, I don't know when these videos stop being relevant or something you guys want to see. Uh, I think some trade deadlines are like week 12, some are week 13, week 14. Comment down below. Let me know when, because I do want to make sure I'm getting ahead of that. So I'm not dropping this video and it's like, hey man, we can't even make trades at this point. Also, let me know what you guys would want to see as like a replacement for the trade videos. I'm not really sure what we'll be doing instead. Probably something rest of season based or dynasty based, something among those lines. I think we'll just do dynasty trade targets uh, once the trade deadline passes. But before I keep rambling, let's actually get into our five trade targets for today. As always, if you enjoy the video at any point, make sure you get down below, subscribe, leave a like. Let's go. Now, our first buy candidate here is more of a luxury buy. Uh, I really wouldn't go after him unless if you are contending. Probably above 500 would be the requirement to go out here and trade for a guy like T. Higgins. Really just because... I believe the Bengals are on bye this week. Yeah, they're on bye this week, which means that you can't get this production. So you're going to offload points from your team for points later on in the season. I would only do that if you have the cushion to do so. Now, I like buying T. Higgins here because, one, he's on bye. So if the owner who has him needs to win now, you can maybe get him on a little bit of a discount to give him someone to score this week. And then also, you just get an overall, you know, value tick, I would say, on anyone who's not playing in that given week. And on top of that, he's been pretty disappointing here where Jamar Chase goes down the last few weeks. And the idea was that T. Higgins would just ascend and be a monster top 12 type wide receiver. He's been the wide receiver 21, averaging 13.5 points per game without Jamar Chase. It's pretty crazy. He was averaging 14.8 points per game. So that's about 1.3 more points per game with Jamar Chase in the lineup from weeks one through seven. And that's counting that one game where he like hurt his ankle and dropped a goose egg. So he's actually been much better with Chase than without him. I still think that's probably a small sample trap, but he hasn't really blown the doors off as like this top 12 wide receiver that we were expecting because of the Chase injury. So I think when we look at, T. Higgins, we know who T. Higgins is. He should deliver massive, massive spike weeks. We saw it last year. I want to say it was maybe the like week 15, week 16 area where he dropped like almost, a, I think it was like a 40 plus bomb. He is going to be a fringe wide receiver one, give you massive, massive spike weeks. And then he's also on the second heaviest pass over expected team from week six through nine. The Bengals are the only team that's even really keeping pace with the Chiefs here. As a pass-heavy team. So once Chase, even once Chase gets back in the mix, he should still be fine. They also have an easy schedule rest of season. I've been using full-time fantasies, rest of season, strength of schedule, where they just sort of break down, you know, the remaining games, combine them all together, who has like the easiest and the hardest schedule. Bengals have the fourth easiest schedule, and their first three games after the bye are versus the Steelers, the Titans, and the Chiefs, who are allowing the first, third, and eighth most fantasy points. Two wide receivers, just literally softball toss after softball toss. We don't know when Chase is going to be back. A lot of those games could be without Chase. A lot of them could be with him. Again, I think that it's a little bit overblown how much of a benefit to T. Higgins it is to not have Jamar Chase in the mix. I think just what he can give you by blowing the top off of defense, I think that he just you know provides efficiency to the entire offense. And again, especially if this manager is struggling to get wins, 
you should be able to afford T. Higgins at a pretty fair price tag, especially, again, if the owner is struggling and they can't afford to have T. Higgins on buy. This is CBS trade value chart. Again, this is not the Bible or set in stone of how your league is going to value these players, but I record these on Tuesday. It's the only trade value chart that comes out today, and I think it's at least a barometer across the board of what your league might look like. Now, when we look at this, I would sell names like Terry McLaurin and DJ Moore for T. Higgins very easily. Uh, I think you could move guys like, I think DJ Moore would fall into that category, Devontae Smith, Mike Williams, any of those guys. You package one of them. I think Christian Kirk too, little piece on top, right? Maybe like a David Montgomery type or a Deonta Foreman type, a little two-for-one deal. Go grab T. Higgins for a little bit cheaper than he should be just because of down performances and him being on buy. Nothing too flashy, but I think at this point in the season, you really can't go wrong just trying to add on wide receiver firepower. A lot of us, you know, struggling a little bit at that spot. Had to kind of give a Vikings funeral to Rashad Bateman, just drop him straight to waivers after it was said that he's out for the season. Wide receivers, players in general are dropping like flies. I think that T. Higgins is a nice player to go after. Our next guy that we'll talk about here is actually kind of a weird one. And it's much less of a luxury buy. This is someone that if you're out here and you need RB2 production really bad and you're struggling with injuries, I kind of like Jamal Williams as a trade target. Now, please do not go out there, buy high on Jamal Williams and like offer like Damian Pierce for Jamal Williams and like Curtis Samuel. Okay, do not do that. Do not take a good player and then tear down one for two and grab the Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams would just be somebody where you're, you know, you're just moving around like bench fodder and you can buy him super, super low because I don't think that it's really, uh, I, I think that his perception and the actual points that he's giving you is super, super wide. Where if we look at the trade value chart, he is in this area of guys like Hubbard, Rashad White, Kenyon Drake, uh, Tyler Boyd, Rondell Moore, all of these guys that are like essentially like almost fringe droppable in a lot of leagues. They're not fringe droppable, but guys that are like the last piece on your bench. If you can find a way to make something work by just moving really low-priced guys for him, I think you should. He is the RB16 in points per game on the season. He's outscored Miles Sanders, DeAndre Swift, ETN, Kenneth Walker. He has provided like meaningful, meaningful fantasy points in 2022. And the biggest reason that I like him is as much as I'm a big DeAndre Swift guy and I've loved DeAndre Swift, the Lions managing his injury has been maybe one of the worst developments in football that has kind of been swept under the rug, right? You have like the Arthur Smith stuff with the Falcons, the Colts. The Lions and DeAndre Swift is maybe the most annoying thing of all time. They keep suiting him up, giving him 10 touches, and they don't allow him to get right. Just shut him down, let him get right. And if they're not going to do that, then we can kind of profit here from Jamal Williams DeAndre Swift actually had a quote last week that's pretty concerning. Uh, I think a reporter just asked him something like point blank of like, are you going to be 100% this year? He said, I can't say that. I don't know, Swift said. All I can do is come in here every day and attack rehab and just get better each day. I'm not 100% no, but I'm out there with my team and that's what matters. That sounds like a pretty political way of saying that I will play in a limited role, but I cannot guarantee that I will be back to being like a workhorse type guy like I was in week one, handling 15 plus touches. So there's a chance that Swift never really cracks over 10 touches in a game, which you don't need Jamal Williams to handle 20 plus carries. You just need him to be the main back, right? Give him like 15 plus touches. He'll dominate the goal line touches and he will give you, right? Like 
high-end RB2 numbers, like right around that 15, 16 point per game area, or or in that area, he'd be like a top 15-ish running back rest of season, or Swift comes back 100% eventually, and Jamal Williams is still useful as a between-the-tackles grinder and goal line back. Some of his highest scoring games this year were early on with DeAndre Swift, and Jamal Williams scored like two or three touchdowns in those games. He's still somebody that can give you value, even if DeAndre Swift suits back up. So I think you have a lot of upside, and you even have a floor here for a guy that you can buy for literally nothing. He also plays Chicago this week, Jamal Williams. We know DeAndre Swift probably isn't going to be a full workload guy this week. The Bears are lining the fourth, fourth most fantasy points to opposing running backs. Jamal Williams should have a big game here. Now, our last buy candidate is a two-for-one special, just the Broncos wide receivers. And I like the idea of after a bye week, buying the Broncos passing game. Sometimes quarterbacks struggle in new settings. I just have to believe that Russ didn't fall off a cliff after being an elite quarterback for like the last five, six, seven, eight years. He has, you know, prior to this year, in terms of active quarterbacks, up there with Aaron Rodgers and Mahomes, in terms of touchdown rate, in terms of lowest interception rate, he is super, super efficient in terms of what he does as a quarterback. Now, maybe he never re rebounds fully to like that MVP candidate, Russell Wilson, but I just have to imagine that he's better than the quarterback that is leading the third worst scoring offense in the NFL. This offense is averaging 15 points per game. So I kind of like the idea of buying low here. I think that there's a lot of upside post-buy. We've seen this before where after the buy, things start to click for you know new offenses, people in new places. And Judy's already cheap. Nobody really loves Judy. And Corlin Sun has been the wide receiver 82 in points per game over his last three games played. So both wide receivers should be pretty attainable here. And they have the sixth easiest schedule for wide receivers rest of the season with a perfect bounce back spot versus Tennessee this week, who is allowing the third most fantasy points to wide receivers. So if I could find a way to do like a two for two and you know maybe you could do like a uh Sutton and T Higgins for you know something on your side maybe you sell like a you know a Joe Mixon you could do like a one for three like Mixon for you know Sutton T and somebody else uh but yeah I I don't mind buying these guys I think that they should be cheap I think that you're just giving yourself a lot of upside at a position that again is scarce when a lot of us are in these two three wide receiver you know two flex leagues you need wide receivers, especially now with bye weeks and everything. They already got the bye week out of the way. Schedule lightens up. I don't mind the Broncos wide receivers. Now, before we get to our sell candidates, make sure you check out patreon.com slash Ron Stewart. That'll be, as always, in the description. It'll be at the top of the comments below every single Wednesday. So when this video comes out around like 7 p.m. Eastern on Patreon, my rest of season rankings will drop. So you guys can use the rest of season rankings to make trades and sort of see, oh, Ron values this guy here. He values this guy here to make sure you're not, you know, overspending on players or selling players low when you shouldn't be all of that's on there you get my rest of season rankings of course you get my dynasty rankings you get my weekly rankings you get my start sit live streams on sunday with the patrons all of that good stuff on patreon.com now when we talk about our sales here i don't want to insult your guys intelligence here um with joe mixon right so we'll, we'll flash him for a second or no we won't we'll flash him for a second here uh, I imagine everyone and their brother is telling you guys to sell Joe Mixon. You probably should, right? If you can sell after a 55-point game and parlay that into like McCaffrey, Eckler, Saquon, like maybe you could do like, you know, Mixon in like a tiny, tiny, tiny piece and get into CMC, Eckler, Saquon, Cup, Tyreek, any of those like, you know, premier, premier, premier guys up top, go do that. But unless if you're playing with like, you know, casuals or people who aren't that competitive with fantasy, I don't think anyone's going to really take the bait on that. Uh, again, I think everybody, 
any video out there, any article out there is going to tell you to sell high on Mixon. Again, if you can, you should. Uh, but let's go over some other players and just treat Mixon as kind of a bonus here. Now, our first real sell candidate is going to be Juju Smith-Schuster. And I hate to say it, uh, we keep having him as a sell candidate. Uh, he keeps overperforming expectations. I have him on some teams. He was someone I liked going into the season. But I will say his production to this point has been a little bit fraudulent. Now, I will say that when we talk about these sell candidates, I wouldn't feel really pressured to sell any player on your team that's scoring points for you. Right now, meaningful, meaningful production is so hard to come by. I know we just talked about Joe Mixon, but really anybody that if we were to do a draft today of like the first two to three rounds, any player in the top like 36 rest of season, I probably wouldn't really want to move off of again, unless if you're, unless if you're tearing up, I guess, in that range. But again, it's just so hard to come by meaningful production that I wouldn't do anything where you're tearing down one for two from any player that would be like a top two or three round pick in a redraft. Now, Juju, of course, doesn't really fit in that conversation. He's more of a, you know, he could be your wide receiver three, could be your wide receiver four, and it could be time to cash out for you. Since week six, Juju is at 22.2 points per game. Only Jamar Chase, Tyree Kill, A.J. Brown, Diggs, and D-Hop have outscored him in a point per game basis since week six, which is crazy. That would make him, what, the wide receiver, like, six over that time span? And I think that's what makes him a pretty easy sell-high candidate, especially when we look at his expected points per game. Now, expected points per game, something I love to look at, that's the uh, EP header here. So 13.8 points per game is how much he's expected to put up based on his targets, his A dot, his red zone targets, all of that. Expected points, all it is is just based on your volume, right, your targets, all of that, how many points should you have put up? He should have been at 13.8 points per game over this entire time. As you guys know, he's been at 22.2 points per game, outshooting his expectation by 8.4 fantasy points over expected per game, which is an insane amount. You also have some factors working against him here where Sky Moore, Kadarius Tony are both sort of climbing up the depth chart. They could eat into his routes. The Chiefs wide receivers also have the toughest strength of schedule over the rest of the season with a matchup versus the Bengals, with the matchup. You have two games versus the first ranked Broncos right now. The Broncos are allowing the least amount of fantasy points to wide receivers. You have to face that defense twice. You have the Texans and Seattle. So that's one, two, three, four, five matchups outside of the top 20 in fantasy points allowed to wide receivers. Just an absolute brutal stretch of games here. And... The names that you're seeing around Juju Smith-Schuster and a lot of these trade targets is absolutely wild. I think without even flinching, give me Amon Ross St. Brown, give me DK Metcalf, give me T. Higgins over Juju rest of season. I think I'd even take Olave and Debo Samuel over him. So if you can parlay Juju into a like almost fringe wide receiver one because of these last three weeks, you absolutely have to do so. Now, our last sell candidate here is... A smaller name, uh, and it's someone that you should probably bundle with somebody else in a two-for-one deal. So take Curtis Samuel, maybe like a Deonta Foreman, and go tear up. Uh, I don't think that'll get you to T. Higgins' area, but maybe it would. Uh, you know, something like that is what I would use Curtis Samuel to get into. Or maybe you do Curtis Samuel for like Jamal Williams and a piece. I don't know if that's on the table. Uh, but he had a 17.1-point game this week, despite only earning enough volume to be at 6.2 expected points per game. This is on Rotoviz, by the way. So he was at 6.2 expected points. He had the third highest FPOE where, you know, he just outperformed what he was supposed to have. 10.9 points over what he was expected to have. Now, 
this is where I'd probably want to cash out of Curtis Samuel, someone you probably grabbed off waivers and somebody that's at least in the perspective of your league mate, someone that's been good for fantasy this year. If we look at what he's done with Heineke and what he's done with Wentz this year, it's pretty much identical from a point per game perspective. He has averaged 13.6 points per game with each quarterback, but this is the kicker here. The targets. He averaged nine targets per game with Carson Wentz. He is averaging 5.3 targets per game with Heineke. The volume is running out. The efficiency will eventually run out. This is Taylor Heineke. Jahan Dotson is due back soon. And the Washington wide receivers have the ninth toughest schedule among wide receivers for the rest of the season. So again, if I could take Curtis Samuel another piece and go sort of tear up into that T. Higgins area or even, you know, somebody cheaper, um, I would be extremely into that. Now, that is going to do it for us today, fellas. As always, I appreciate you guys watching. Rest of the season rankings will be on Patreon. And of course, if you can't support there, I appreciate all views, likes, subscribes, comments. It helps us out a ton in the algorithm at a point in the year where things are coming to a skidding halt here uh, in terms of the algorithm, growth, views, all that stuff. But it's not a big deal. I do this for the love of the game. I'm in here fired up in the basement like it's week one and we're coming out here with must buy and sell trade targets. Now, that's going to do it for us today. I feel like I already said that, but... Thank you for checking the video out. And as always, I will see you guys in the next one. I got the juice. I got the juice. Channel, Chatham's on. Foolies glad I'm on. Even my haters kind of glad I'm on. Rest in peace to my bag up on. Rapper song, singer, suspended subpoena from Mr. Meaner.